Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased that people are dialing in because I have restarted the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books um, radio show. I had a little bit of a hiatus because life got in the way, but this is my second show of Nice Girls Reading Books 2.0. So thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, Remember that you can get information about upcoming guests on Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and also on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. There is a special tab for information about all my upcoming guests. So today I am so pleased to be inter- to introduce my guest, Roxanne, Roxanne Howard. Roxanne is a writer in several genres, yes. including sci- yes. Hello, Roxanne. Let me just give a little bit of a background for you, and then we'll get started. So Roxanne writes in several genres, including science fiction, young adult, new adult, general women's fiction, and erotic romance. Roxanne has served in the U.S. military, loves the theater, and is a wife, mother, and animal lover. Her titles include When You Close Your Eyes and Flip the Beat. So welcome, Roxanne, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm great. Thank you. Yes, and I, I appreciate you being brave and joining the show after after such a long hiatus. We had a little bit of technical difficulties right before the show, but everything is fine now, so that's good. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's the, that's the joy of live radio. Um, so, Roxanne, maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you're from and um, when you started writing. Sure, you bet. Um, so I've been, uh, I'm from uh, Salt Lake City originally in Utah, and uh, but I've traveled quite a lot in the military. Um, I started writing, um, I've been writing all my life, but I've been published for about five years. So I kind of started getting serious about it after the birth of my second child. So um, after um, I had her, just during those kind of off-peak mommy moments when she was sleeping, I started writing a little bit. And I'm like, you know what, I'm actually writing a book. And eventually it spun into a long actual novel. And so how many books have you written at this point? At this point, I'm on number nine. I've got two on a submission, and I've got um, I've got six published um, under my name as my pen name is Roxanne, and I've got a science fiction novel, and then two books that are currently on submission. So they're just kind of coming out and coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And now, are you self-published, or you're published through um, through a publisher, or are you a mix? Um, I am, I'm traditionally published with the Wild Rose Press in New York and um, also mm-hmm. Burroughs Publishing Group in uh, San Diego and um, also uh, Covey Publishing, which is um, a new one um, with um, one of my science fiction novels. Oh, great. Now, I, what I find so interesting is that you really hopped around genres. I mean, there's a lot of people who focus on one or maybe one or two, but you really run the gamut. So what what drew you to writing in different genres, and, and what have been some of the challenges? That's a good question. Um, well, for me, um, I think that it's important to kind of branch out uh, because, I mean, life itself is so interesting, and romance is such 
like an, a, an amazing genre to, to write in and to read in. And since I was younger, I've been reading romance and I've been reading all sorts of different genres. So I guess I kind of write like I read. Um, I mean, you know, when you when you read a book um, and it, it speaks to you, um, you know, in a particular, like if you're a Stephen King fan, you, you know, you just, you want to read that kind of thing. But I've just been kind of everywhere. And I think that um, what I find amazing about romance is I'm a psychology major and I absolutely love the concept of two people coming together and kind of because in such a sort of cynical world as ours, and you know, it's kind of amazing that two people can actually, you know, find each other and, and have such a powerful connection. Uh, I mean, it happens every day, but it, it is also pretty magical. Um, and then also science fiction wise, I've been watching science fiction movies since I was a kid and I love like Star Wars. I love Star Trek. So yeah, I'm kind of all over the shop. And is there anything unifying about your books in terms of, even though you've been in these different genres, do you tend to write certain types of main characters, or is there anything you think that's that kind of go? Is, what what would make your a reader in your science fiction um, want to go to one of your other genres? For me, it's all about the story, and it's about having right. powerful characters. And I love, like, I love to read. Um, one of my favorite books in the world is um, *The Life of Pi* by Jan Martel, and it is just—I mean, it's so amazing because um, of the powerful characters that he writes. And I mean, you mm-hmm. believe—I mean, that Pi is an actual person. And I, um, what I love to do is, I love to when I write, I, I can't really write anything unless I can kind of see the characters beside me. And so it's all about the characters for me. And it needs to be somebody I'd be friends with. Even if whatever whatever shortcomings they might have, they've got to be somebody I'd really want to sit down and have, you know, a cup of coffee with and talk with. So for me, um, I, I think what would probably, what I've been told anyway, is that um, the characterization and the stories themselves draw people in. And that's like the best compliment you can get as a writer because, you know, there's so many ins and outs. And the first draft is always so sketchy that you have to keep going through it and, you know, reworking everything. So. And now, do you tend to write um, from the third person or the first person, or do you mix it up a little bit? That's a good question. So um, mostly I've written from the third person. I've written his mm-hmm. and her perspectives, but my strong one is kind of to do the third person female's perspective. But I am writing a YA novel. It's a dystopian novel, and I started it in the first person, and that has made all the difference. Um, like I wrote in a journal when I was younger, and um, I guess it didn't really kind of hit me until I started kind of trying to write from the first person that oh my gosh was I working on that when I was really young and I didn't realize it you know so it's um I think everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses when they write and for me it's I think it's really good to kind of start branching off because if you stick to just one thing I don't think you ever kind of grow as a writer and it kind of gets boring and redundant but it's been really interesting I really enjoyed kind of getting to start writing in first person so we'll see where that where that leads yeah, I you know I I'm kind of the opposite. Uh, I tried to write in the third person, and when I was very you know for my first book, and I just could not. It, it, it was just dry, and I think because I'm a lawyer, um, in my day job, it was very much like legal writing. Like it was very factual, but it really wasn't much of a novel, uh-huh. and it wasn't particularly interesting. And so I was going to give up, and then. I decided to try from the first person and that really opened the door for me and I could really, you know, get in touch with the character and my, my writing became more fluid and more, uh, and, and more emotional. But 
you know, a lot of publishers, especially if you want to be traditionally published, I think they prefer the third person. I think maybe first person is, is gaining a little bit more traction, but I don't think I can do it. I've tried and I may try for um, maybe future books, but right now first person is where I'm at, you know, skill wise and also comfort level wise. But I agree with you. I think as a writer, you probably should try and, and stretch a little bit. Um, so that, that would be my goal to try and do a third person at some point in time. That doesn't sound like, you know, a boring contract, <laughs> but, um, anyway, <laughs> it's, awesome. you know, every, like everyone has to find their comfort level, but you're right. You, you can't just stay there. You have to kind of push yourself now. Are you, you do, both, and you have to um, not be afraid of feeling, of failing as well. Cause like, I mean, if you, um, you, it's kind of also about putting yourself out there and being af- not afraid to fail. So even if you write something and then you realize I need to change it cause it's not good, you just have to kind of force yourself to do it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Because learning how to fail is as important as learning how to win. In some ways, it's more important, right? Because if if you just if you're so afraid of failure, you'll just play it safe, and you know that's that's not a way to grow as a writer. So that's a great point. Um, so in terms of your the, the heat level of your books, I mean, do that, does that vary as well? Where where do they fall in the <laughs> category? Um, you know. I've um for my rock fan books you want to keep a, ha- a fan and an ox- oxygen mask candy. <laughs> the oh, really? things I write are very explicit. <laughs> so um oh, but okay. I do I do actually write clean romance. I do write um like my science fiction novel is um it's clean romance kind of close story but especially when you close your eyes um the scenes are, are intimate they're explicit but they're also very emotionally charged which I think is kind of the linchpin of a love scene and it's very very important because that's kind of what brings people together and it's not just about the sex it's about you know emotion now have you incorporated any of your experiences from when you were in the military have you written any because I know military romance is kind of a hot um a hot genre and you certainly would have a lot of background have you incorporated any of that in your writing that's a great question. I have not yet. I've um, I've written military characters like uh, Rutledge in one of my science fiction novels. Um, he was in the military, but I um that's what one thing I'm really excited about doing in the future is possibly doing some uh, military uh, romances um, down the line, maybe like in a year or two. I've got a couple things lined up, so um, I haven't stepped into that yet, surprisingly, because I I spent six years in the army and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but. I haven't gone there yet, surprisingly. I'm hoping to. Well, sometimes it's hard to write about something that is so close to you. And and one of the things I struggled with in my early writing is, you know, I was very much that write what you know, right? And a lot of my um, main characters were lawyers in their mid-40s because I was that age at the time. Um, uh-huh. And especially with my first book, because you're learning so much in your first book, I spent pages and pages on, you know, the politics of a law firm and how you get promoted and da da da. And I, this again, this is what before I was published, and I sent it out to some, you know, RWA contests. And mm-hmm. the best piece of advice I got from a contest that I clearly did not place in because I didn't deserve the place was, you know, oh. the the judge herself was a lawyer, and she said, "Listen." No one cares about your summer associate experiences. No one cares about the politics of the law firm. They care about the main story. They care about the romance. Focus on, focus on that. And so that was a great piece. So I rewrote that book, and that, that's my first book, um, Gold Coast Wives, that I rewrote probably about 100 times. But, um, but that's, it, that's how I learned to just give a flavor. So I guess, you know, in terms of the military romance, you'll have to kind of draw that line where, you know, 
sometimes you know too much and how much is appropriate for the, for the book. So I, I mean, I think you really have a leg up because how many romance writers have actually experienced the military firsthand. Um, so I, I bet you when you, when you start down that road, it'll, it'll be really, really successful. So um, looking well, forward, forward to well, that. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. I, it's something that like, I have a couple things sketched out, but it's got to feel organic to me and it's got to feel strong. And I've got to, like I said, I've got to see those characters before I, I start writing it, but I'm, I'm really grateful for my military years. It was, it was an amazing experience that I'll know I'm, I'll never forget. And I can't wait to kind of, you know, put, uh, put that to paper at some point. Right. Now, do you belong to um, any writing groups or um, like, how, how does, what is your writing process look like and 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 you know do you connect a lot with people in the romance community or are you kind of more on your own oh that's a good question um no i do i'm um i'm a member of the utah romance writers of america chapter and also the utah league of writers um and i'm also going to be at fanex in salt lake city um um, on September uh, 5th to 7th with uh, books to sign and uh, cool swag and lots of beautiful character art. Um, so um, if anybody's in the Utah area, they can look for me in Artist Alley at the Haley Cavanaugh booth. And um, I'll give a 25% discount to anyone who mentions hearing this show, actually. But yeah, no, I do oh, go, um, I, I do go to, whenever I, a time allows, um, I do go to, um, like, um, writers' um, conferences and things like that. At the moment, because I'm a mom, sometimes it's kind of pick and choose, so I kind of have to do what I can when I can. And I'm sure all the moms out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So. Yes, no, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. I mean, I only have one child, but I work as well. And that's really yeah. why I had a little bit of a gap, um, because things just got to be too much. And although I love doing this show, and I loved writing, it's just, um, it just, it had to take the back seat for a while. And now that she's gotten a little bit older, uh, I can, I can focus more on me. So that's why I started working on, on my sixth book, uh, Johnny Be Good. And it took two years really to, to wow. get back into that. Well, I had actually had um, a car accident um, oh, in 2016. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was fine. It was one of those things like, you know, I was like, Oh, I hurt my head a little bit, but I'm fine. And it's, you know, head injuries kind of start happening. And it was like two weeks in and I could not even like remember my name. So I had to take some oh, time off from work. Yeah, no, it was really scary. And I've never had any health issues. So it, I think in some ways made me, um, you know, more sympathetic to people who, especially if you have a head injury, because it's, there's nothing they can do for it. Like that's what the neurologist said. They're like, you know, things will come back. You're a healthy person. Probably you'll go back to like 80% function in six months. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be close to a hundred percent in a year, but whatever doesn't come back after a year probably won't come back, which is scary. Right. So, you know, that is scary. Months, I, yeah, it was really scary. So I, six months I was back at work. Um, you know, after a year, definitely most of my symptoms had lost, but the one thing that I had completely lost was my ability to write fiction. I mean, I could write and work, I could do emails, but I would sit down, I would try and use it. And you know, it's that part of your brain that's activated when you're writing. It was just silent. Yep. There was nothing I could mm-hmm. do. And so that's why it wasn't really fun to do this show talking about writing when I myself couldn't write. So I, I was like, well, you know what? That may be gone forever, ever. And a year went through, went by. Again, I didn't go to writers' conferences. I would try periodically to try and write nothing. And it was really two years after my accident that I was able to, I felt the flicker, right? <laughs> and I had some ideas and I wrote, and it took me a long time. It took me two years to write my book. But I think it did two wonderful things. Is One, you'd, sometimes you don't value something until it's lost. 
right? So I really, really right. valued Absolutely. that abuse, like, and which was amazing. And I think in, in other ways, I don't know. I, I think my my book, this book that I did, Johnny, be good, is my deepest book. It's my most powerful book, and I think it's the best writing I've done. And I never, again, I thought it was gone forever. I never thought I I was like, all right, I've written, you know, how many books, and that's all I'm ever going to write. But it's come back, and so that's part of the reason why. I just released that this year. I started, I mean, this month, and I decided, let me dive into things. You know, sometimes family gets in the way, work gets in the way, but sometimes you have to feed your muse. And this is, this is as moms, sometimes we always put ourselves last, and sometimes you have to put yourself first. So anyway, so that's what the long-winded reason of saying, yes, I, I definitely hear you in terms of uh, family obligations getting in the way, but um, it sounds like when you, since you've written nine books, you've found a way to to carve some time out for, to feed your feed oh, your passion. Oh, but you know, I mean, for for us moms, so like writing's like the ocean; like it comes in waves, and sometimes you're like, you know, you're paddling nice and nice and easy in a nice summer day, and sometimes you're just struggling against the current. And especially when real life gets in the way, like my daughter has epilepsy, so I totally hear what you're saying about the struggle between, you know, cognitive, you know, thinking and everything when you're writing and stuff, and. I'm just I'm grateful for the times when 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 the words come so quickly, but sometimes they don't. And I think traveling and mixing your you know your um, your writing routine up and, and getting exercise helps because you know sometimes I'll just be like doing the dishes and a thought will come to me. I'll be like, holy crap, I've got to write that down. But yeah, it's it's a struggle, especially for moms. I mean, we we work, we you know we have we have things we got to go do, and it's I'm just I'm grateful for the opportunity for when the words do actually flow. I mean, and it's amazing. You should write a book about like how much you come through and like what you've come over that's that's amazing and astounding well I think too uh, you know again now it's, it's been several years since it happened um and it's funny my daughter was in the car with me and she like she was she was fine after two days she was completely fine and the doctor was like well that's the difference between you know she was like 10 at the time like a 10 year old and like a 49 year old like your brains are different and um mm-hmm. they are and I think <laughs> Yeah, it was. And it was, you know, the first time in years where I just couldn't do anything. I had to, like, just let myself heal. And I think in retrospect, you know, sometimes the universe has other things planned for you. And I think it made me slow down a little bit and realize, you know what, I don't have to force, you know, 27 hours in a 24-hour day, right? Sometimes the world actually, that job that you think is so important, you know what, they managed to keep ticking along in the four months that I wasn't there. And you know, it it just makes you realize. So in some ways, I think a lot of very, very positive things came came out of it. And in terms of writing, again, it was very, very hard not to to be able to explore that side of myself, especially since I came to writing late in life. And so, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to like turn out book after book and then all of a sudden it stopped, you know what I mean? But I think it did yep. make me make me value it. So, you know, it's all good. That's the silver lining of what was kind of a crappy situation. And the worst thing was my car was only three months old at the time that it happened. I was like, no, oh God, are you car. serious? Yeah. That's like something out of, um, what's the, um, Oh, I'm trying to think it's the, um, it's the, the female bounty hunter um, thing. She always crashes cars. And they're like always brand new. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, it's some like, um, one for the money. What am I talking? What's the, what is the, um, the, it's, it's called like one for the money. You know, they do, she has like, um, the 17 books out. I can't remember. 
Anyway, yeah. but um, no, but I'm that, that, I'm sorry. I, I I'm holding a candle in, in reference to your uh, car there. That's <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> no, no, it was, and it was so funny. Like you you don't realize. Um, I, I guess I was kind of in shock when it happened. And so they had the paramedics. It was like four cars. It was like ridiculous. It was some kid on their cell phone, and I was stopped at a stoplight. And there was nowhere I could go. Uh, there was a car in front of me. Like I looked in my back, in my rearview mirror, and I saw them coming. And there was nothing I could do. But I think so. I guess I was kind of in shock. And all I kept saying to the paramedics, I was like, No, no, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm fine. Well, oh, I can't believe this happened to my car. My car, my car. And the guy's like, You can get another. A car can be fixed. You know what I mean? People can't always be fixed. Don't worry about it. And that was, you know, obviously the right thing to say, but I was too delirious to, to take it in. So anyway, oh, yeah, yeah so that was my, and look, and I feel like, it's, so it's funny. My daughter's always like, you always act like, you know, you make such a big deal about this, but it actually was, you know, I, I was very, very lucky and, you know, I'm fine now, but um, it's like I said, sometimes the universe puts bad things in your way to give you a gift. And I, I feel in some ways it, it kind of was a gift. Um, I appreciate my writing life so much more. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is, do you have, you've written a lot of books now, do you have a particular character that's your favorite character or one character that you think is the most like you? Oh, that's a good question. I know. Um, it's hard because you know, like, it's kind of like asking, like, a mother who your favorite child is, right? You probably love them all. Yeah, but. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, I think Neil, Neil O'Hagan from my latest release, When You Close Your Eyes. Um, I loved writing Neil. He's, he's very alpha, but without being condescending, like he doesn't mansplain or any of that business. He, he has a talent for seeing people who they are beneath the surface. And he's Irish. <laughs> no, he, he, oh, draws, okay. he draws Lark out. He's, he's really good. He's, he draws Lark out bit by bit, and um, he kind of casts off her inhibitions. And he's smart and sexy as hell. So he was, he was a wonderful character to write. He's very emotional and very deep. Like he's deeper than I expected him to be when I first started writing him. So he's abs- my absolute favorite, I think. I think it's interesting that you chose a male character as your favorite character because a lot of times female writers choose female, their heroines as their favorite character because that's who is most like them. So I just think that's very interesting that you picked a male. Well, you know, being being a theater person too, I mean, the funny thing is, is most of the male characters are the ones who I have the most in common with when I write my books. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, just because I, I was in the military and I've, I've lived like a crazy life. But I think that, um, like, when I when I write, I they're they're completely different from me. I mean, I they certainly little parts of my personality are sprinkled into them, but they're their own people, and that's the way I like it. Right. Now, tell us a little bit about your theater experience. Is it, have you been in the theater or do you, do you just appreciate the theater? Oh, it's off and on. I did a lot of theater in high school and um, I, um, I was almost going to take a, a scholarship at one point um, in going into college, but I ended up going into the military instead. Um, I've done a little bit of community theater off and on. So right now I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, let's, let's say I really appreciate the theater, but I've, I've acted here and there, but it's been, um, and occasionally I'll sing it like my, one of my friend's weddings and all that jazz, but it's been, it's been a number of years since I've done anything in the theater, but I absolutely love it. I love plays. I love to write plays. I love to read plays and I love to go to plays. And my, my daughters are the same way. They, they uh, enjoy when we take them to like, uh, you know, anything that's in town. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, when I was kind of a theater buff when I was younger as well, maybe that's the connection with, with writers and, and um, 
and people who, who kind of can see things in that way. And I used to, I read a lot more plays like some of the classic plays when I was younger. Um, and I did a little singing as well. I was in the Pirates of Penzance when I was in law school, <laughs> which was kind of wild. Pirates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, the Pirates was cool. But, um, oh, that's great. Yeah, no, and um, I love to see. I used to do a lot. I go to the theater again before you had kids. I used to go all the time because I lived in Manhattan, so it was so, so easy. And there's a lot of, like, off-theater, um, the off-Broadway theater that's really great and not that expensive. But, um, like you said, things get in the way. So that's, so you feel that um, the theater has influenced your writing and how, how you connect with the characters. Is that, is that it? Um, you know, let me give you an example. I think um, in Sonnet Coupled, which is um, one of my interracial romance novels, um, the heroine's Latina, and I absolutely loved writing her. Um, near the end, there's a very emotionally charged scene. And I think, a lot of the earlier, um, like when I was about 18-ish or so, um, a lot of the early theater that I did, like I just, this is going to sound weird and completely out of the ordinary, but I love writing emotional showdowns between people. You know, the nitty gritty, the the revelations, the, the oh my God, what have you know you've been hiding from me these last 20 years kind of scenes. I think that those are the really, those are the moments in the books that you're just like, holy crap. And I love reading those. I love reading, you know, in, in stage plays. I love reading stuff like that. So absolutely, it's totally, completely, you know, part of what I write, I think. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that, uh, I think there's a lot of emotional truth. And I think a lot of good theater says so much with so little. And the same is true in writing. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to say it in writing in the book so that you can understand it. But I think that um, there's a lot of, you know, there's there's so many kind of micro expressions that can be put into novels, you know, such as just he looked up at her instead of he said the whole monologue. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just love things like that. I love micro expressions that come through just really kind of subtly. I think stuff like that just gets me. Yeah, no, that that actually didn't sound weird. I thought that that uh, that was a good, you know, window into your your writing process. Now, are there any? Um, again, it may, may be hard for you to answer this question because you write in so different, so many different genres. But are there any um, other authors that you think are similar to your work? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some great ones. Catherine McIntyre and Ember Lee are two fantastic authors. Um, Emberly writes really emotionally punchy um, writing, um, and I absolutely love her books. Um, Catherine McIntyre writes um, kind of women with sass and, um, you know, kind of snarky Han Solo-ish guys that I absolutely adore. Um, yeah, just uh, those ones, um, Lander Graf, um, is, um, as far as like mainstream goes, um, I mean, I'm kind of more emotionally charged. I'm I, I love um, Outlander by uh, Diana um, G- um, Gabaldon. It's just fantastic. You know, she's she's just such an amazing writer. I'm not comparing myself to her in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying I love her. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm um, most of my writing, while there's a lot of, you know, intimate hot moments, a lot of it is emotional, too. So I like, mm-hmm. I like kind of just emotional, punchy stuff like that. Right. And do you now? You, I think you had mentioned that you had some titles that you would characterize as women's fiction. How many women's fiction titles have you, do you have? Um, none at the moment that are published. But like I said, I have a couple okay. on submission. Um, so 
it, Sonic Couples can be considered women's fiction. Um, it is erotic romance, but it's the story of a woman finding herself. And, and arguably mm-hmm. so is When You Close Your Eyes. Like I, I'm just, I'm all about personal journeys and stuff like that. I do, I do write some um, quick fixes and insta-love, but I'm all about kind of um, the story unfolding. I think it's, I think there's, right. there's a nice relationship that happens when you read a book like that. Right. And sometimes it's so hard to, to draw the line. I've talked about that in some of my prior shows between women's fiction and contemporary romance, right? Because, um, you know, the women's journey is so important in romance. And a lot of times, you know, in um, women's fiction, there can be a romantic element. And that's certainly my experience with my own writing. I think my latest book, uh, Johnny Be Good, you know, the, the relationship between um, one of the main characters and her husband is obviously a driving force, but they actually don't wind up together. Um, but it, he was part of her journey. And so there's a lot of, you know, reminiscing and a lot of feeling, you know, regret about how their relationship, you know, kind of devolved and instead of evolved. So I definitely think that book is in the women's, clearly in the women's fiction category, but there's a lot of romance, right? There's a lot of, you know, her younger daughter has, you know, finds the love of her life after a lot of bumps in the road. And, you know, it's, it's, again, it's where do you draw that line? And, and I think really um, it's maybe publishers who want you to draw the line more so than readers. You know what I mean? I think readers are more. They do. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause they, they probably very few readers. I mean, there's some readers, I guess, but most readers I think read across genres. Um, and so I, I think they're maybe a little more open to it than, uh, than publishers, but since I'm self-published at this point, I don't really care. <laughs> I write what I want, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, people find it. <laughs> um, Perfect. So maybe you could tell us uh, a little bit about. I know your promotion. You said that you're going to be at um, an in live event, but are there any any other promotional activities that you have lined up that you want to talk about? Um, just the ones that I've got coming up. Um, this is the first radio show I've done, um, so this is kind of cool. Um, I've got a, I've done a lot of blog tours, and I, I always do blog tours every time I have a book coming out. I do have mm-hmm. um, a romance novel that I'm hoping to be finished with soon, so hopefully I'll have some news on that soon. Um, and I do do a lot of in-person book signing events. Um, anything that I do do, I will um, – uh, announce online and like in my social media and all that jazz. But for now, the nearest one is just Stanix in Salt Lake City, and that's in September. So, oh, okay. um, I so this is this is this and that are kind of the most immediate ones I've got going on at the moment. Right. And now, where can people find you online? Oh, great question. Um, so I'm on Facebook at uh, Roxanne Dees and Dog Howard author, and uh, Twitter at Roxanne D Howard. And you can also find me on Instagram under my author name. And um, feel free to say hello. I'm super friendly. <laughs> so I, I always love talking to my readers, and they're fantastic. Well, and it's been great talking with you, and I, I'm really happy that you have joined the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books uh, roster of guests. Um, I really am trying to, com- to create a community for, for writers and for readers. Um, so if you could please let me know when you have upcoming launches, I'd love to post that information on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books um, Facebook fan page. So um, so please keep in touch. Um, and, you know, I hope that if I ever get to an in-live event, um, if I get to go to um, RWA at some point, um, and at some point children do grow up, so I think I will get there eventually, um, I'd love to connect <laughs> in person. <laughs> I would love to see you in person, too. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and, you know, I look forward to seeing what great work. I think those, I think those military romances, I think those are going to be great. So um, um, look forward to all of that. Um, just again, wanted to remind everyone that Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books is back and I have over 30 um, interested writers. So uh, to be guests on my show, the, the response has just been phenomenal. So I'm going to be um, setting up those interviews very, very soon. All the information about my upcoming interviews will be on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, uh, as well as the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page. Um, information about all of my books, including my latest release, Johnny Be Good, are on my Facebook, on my um, website as well. Again, it's BernadetteWalsh.com. So again, thank you so much for joining me, everyone. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.